Hi, everybody. I'm Julie. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater. I normally attend meetings in San Jose and uh, was very pleased to be invited to share here. I'm going to get right into it. Uh, just a quick uh, qualification. I've been in program since April 3rd, 1993, and um, have successfully abstained one day at a time from chocolate the entire time. Um, it's my plug in my jug. Chocolate's my drug of choice, and it's how I use. It's also a gateway drug for me, opens the doors to all other kinds of compulsive overeating. But I grew up in a family of compulsive overeaters and alcoholics, so I suffer um, a lot of the symptoms of adult children of alcoholics. Um, and um, so I come by this disease pretty um, typically. And I'm, I'm really grateful and very, very fortunate that I haven't had to deal with extreme obesity. I, uh, I'm maintaining about a 25 to 30 pound weight loss, um, but my family and my family obesity and the, the resulting physical and, and health issues um, follow along. So um, anyway, I've been working my program um, pretty consistently for 27 years and I'm, I'm very grateful to be here. I want to uh, go ahead and read the passage that I want to focus. I, I hope you'll be able to focus on for me. This is this is the crux of my disease and my um, problems with uh, compulsive overeating and my life in general. Um, and interestingly enough, as a uh, an ACA adult child of alcoholics and um, raging codependent um it's in the the chapter to the family afterward it starts at the middle of page 132 in the big book and it goes um through the to the end of the last paragraph on that page so (sighs) we have been speaking to you of serious sometimes tragic things we have been dealing with alcohol in its worst aspect but We aren't a glum lot. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist on enjoying life. We try not to indulge in cynicism over the state of the nations, nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. When we see a man sinking into the mire that is alcoholism, we give him first aid and place what we have at his disposal. For his sake, we do recount and almost relive the horrors of our past. But those of us who have tried to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others find we are soon overcome by them. So we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. Outsiders are sometimes shocked when we burst into merriment over a seemingly tragic experience out of the past. But why shouldn't we laugh? We have recovered and have been given the power to help others. Everyone knows those that everyone knows that those in bad health and those who seldom play do not laugh much. 
so let each family play together or separately as much as their circumstances warrant. This is my favorite passage in the entire big book, maybe in my whole life. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. We cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears, though it once was just that for many of us. But it is clear that we made our own misery. God didn't do it. Avoid, then, the deliberate manufacture of misery. But if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. It is uh, that it's my motto. Avoid, then, the deliberate manufacture of misery. It took me a while in program to realize that I was doing that to myself. And uh, reading this passage, I got it. I got it. But I was, uh, it wasn't until I was doing some therapy to deal with a, a fairly significant issue in my marriage that I really got it. Um, it's, and it came to me as one of those moments of spiritual awareness or a cognitive psychic shift, or what Carl Jung called a thought in the form of an experience. I think most of us who have been in program and have been working the steps, working with sponsors and other people, eventually have one of those moments, maybe many moments. I've had several epiphanies about who I am, what I've done to myself, what I've allowed others to do to me, um, et cetera. But it was huge. And I was doing therapy, like I said. And she helped me realize that I was telling myself stories and reacting to my own stories. So I was absolutely manufacturing my own misery. I was telling myself sad stories and making myself sad. I was telling myself scary stories and and frightening myself. Um, and um, and I was reliving moments from my past and generating anger and resentment and self righteous indignation. I could work myself right up into a lather about something that happened years ago and what I should have said in the moment and what if it ever happened again, I would say that time. I had these scripts and scenarios going on all the time and I was getting myself all fussed up about it constantly. I lived in a in just such a washing machine of emotions <laughs> um, and I was doing it to myself. That moment where I fully realized I was doing it to myself allowed me to grasp the power in taking responsibility. It took me months to finish my fourth step. I could do the first three columns just fine. Thank you very much. I'd been a technical writer at that time for <laughs> years. And I couldn't do the fourth column. I couldn't get... To what was my part? 
not in a full way. Eventually, I got to the point where I could, I could admit that my part, at least at that point, was that I had been carrying my resentments for so many years. That at least that was a start. It will that and and it got it got me to be able to finish a fourth step and do a fifth step and then move on. But um, <laughs> accepting responsibility for my own part just kept growing, and I used my part, my character defects, um, especially procrastination and perfectionism. Um, self-righteous indignation, and a couple of other things to continue to create misery for myself. So um, the whole, this whole passage now, this whole idea of taking responsibility for, for my part in creating my misery um, illuminates my 10th step practice now. So a long time, for a long time, it was just I would, I would do a 10th step in the moment. If I ran up against some sort of obstacle or uh, issue in a relationship or something, I, I would be able to do it in the moment and admit my, that I, my part of it and make and, and apologize or make an amends. But doing a daily 10th step now allows me, and I see the power in it now, it allows me to review my day. And I use the A-E-I-O-U, and then I add a W and a Y. So it's abstinence, exercise, what did I do for myself, what did I do for others, um, what are my uncomfortable feelings, what did I do wrong, and do I need to make an amends, and then Y is Yahoo for grateful. What am I grateful for today? Um and that helps me not just go make an apology if I uh, hurt my husband's feelings or forgot something or things like that. It allows me to go deeper. It allows me to look at my own um, behavior, my own stories, and try to get myself back on track. And when I'm wrong, I promptly admit it. I have to. I can't, I can't carry it around. It makes me feel guilty. And that's in any of those feelings, feeling unnecessarily sad, resentful, um, victimized, scared, all of those things are going to lead me back to compulsive overeating because that's my fallback. That's my addictive disease that says, oh, I can't carry this around. I need to eat. And that's going to help, right? I mean, there is nothing I can face that compulsive eating isn't going to make worse. Because now, at the very least, I've got two problems. I've got the problem I ate about, and now I've got to deal with getting back to my abstinent plan. And it's not that I don't occasionally have slips, but I, I get back immediately. Because I fully believe that this is a progressive disease and it wants to kill me. And I can't manufacture my own misery. There's enough other stuff in the world that is going on. I have problems and I, I love this. If trouble comes cheerfully, 
capitalize it as an op- opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. Thanks for the warning. I am, um, I mean, if I want to be cheerful about something that's going on right now, it's about discovering Zoom. I, I, I mean, look, I've never been to this meeting before. And I probably wouldn't drive up at, you know, 7.30 in the morning in order to make it to a meeting in San Francisco on time. I, I, but here I, here I am. I'm seeing all you, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Um, so at the very least, I can be cheerful about Zoom meetings. And it, once I find something to be cheerful about, it's easy to find other things. And um, I, uh, and, and, you know, we don't talk about outside issues here. Thank God. Thank God. But I need to acknowledge that there are issues. There are problems. And um, it's hard to be cheerful all the time. And I don't like, I don't like to be cheerful about admitting when I'm wrong. I don't like it. But what's the alternative? The alternative for me is that I'm going to start eating again, and I can't afford that. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this passage. Like I said, it's my very favorite um, key element in the big book that speaks to me. And um, I will pass it on.